0: It's Wednesday, March nineteenth. Welcome, to Market Foolery. I'm Mark Reith, and joining me in studio from Supernova, Maddie Argersinger, and from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Barker. Gentlemen, another day, another Chris Hill absence. What a lazy bum! <laughs>
1: what is what is up with that guy?
0: Mark? I don't know. I guess he's uh, he's getting a little too old
2: for this. He's going to have a lot of explaining to do. When Absolutely. He back, you know. When
1: he <laughs> Although we lo- we gone. love having you here, I appreciate that. this. Is not to say that we we're not pleased that Mark Reith is subbing in. I mean, right. Right. It's, it's, It's awesome. Better, faster, stronger.
2: Hopefully the listeners feel the same way. Ah, I've seen
1: the emails.
0: Uh, They
2: don't. They don't. We're going to lose
0: a few of our dozens. But it's
2: not you, right? It's them. It's them. Yeah. And and your voice, right? Right.
0: Right. My majestic game show host voice. (laughs) Speaking of which, we've got a lot to get to today, including a look at some bellwether earnings reports and the future of timing the market. But we begin with the Fed. The Fed is concluding its first policymaking meeting since Janet Yellen took the reins, which means later today she'll hold her first quarterly news conference to discuss what Fed policy is changing. And, guys, so far it's been pretty much business as usual with the Fed. Not much has changed since Bernanke left.
1: Does all that change today? Uh, What are we going to see from Janet Yellen? I don't think uh, no. I mean, I I think this is going to be. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of discussion right now and debates. Um, you know, we we've we've had some weaker economic data. Uh, At the same time, you know, that unemployment rate is around 6.7 percent, within a nose hair of Mm 6.5, which is where Bernanke several months ago and Yellen, of of course, said, you know, this this is where this is sort of the benchmark that we're looking at to raise interest rates. If unemployment drops below 6.5. We're looking to make uh, a move, but then you've had a lot of language from the Fed consistently over, you know, in recent meetings that no, no, interest rates, interest rate hikes are way in the future, probably early mid 2015 at the earliest. There are a lot of uh, pundits out there that think that that might change, and it might start with today's, um, you know, today's announcement. I, I doubt it. I just think, you know, they're going to continue with the tapering uh, as they've been doing. the The weather certainly has impacted retail sales mm-hmm. a little bit on the economy. I think that's going that might get better in the months ahead, obviously, as the weather warms up, so I just I don't expect a lot from the fed we'll
2: see yeah i th- I think we've already given this more time than it deserves, which is not <laughs> to say that we've given it one thousandth of the time mm. that other uh, outlets are probably going to give it. I mm. think there's uh, going to be no news as as Matt says there are mixed economic signals. Uh, those will be rephrased in longer words by Yellen, <laughs> uh, also indicating that there are some good and some bad hmm. weather, blah blah blah. Uh, you know, jobs and you know, keeping an eye on it and steady as she goes.
0: Yep, no news is good news. Hey, speaking of the news, earlier today, Oracle announced some pretty disappointing second quarter earnings, missing estimates for EPS and revenue. And Maddie. This is the third time in five quarters Oracle has missed on EPS. Four to five quarters, it's missed on revenue. What's going on with Oracle?
1: Well, you know, obviously they're not they're not a great Oracle when it comes to their own earnings. Come on, we have fun. No, I mean the, the store There's not there's not a lot to like here. I mean, what we have is is a big um, bellwetherish, but you know, big tech company um, that is is. Fortunately, it's weighed down by its size. It's, mm. it's, 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 a, it's a massive company. Um, so we can't expect a lot from top line or bottom line uh, nowadays from Oracle. That said, you know if you look at uh, their cloud application business, there's some pretty good growth there, about mm. 25% year over year. Although overall software sales were only up about 4%. Their hardware business is also growing pretty slow. And re- and remember, most of their hardware business com- came from Sun Microsystems, which they bought in 2010. For $5.6 billion, uh, revenue in that area was only $1.3 billion in, 2004- in 2013 for Oracle. So, good investment. Yeah, you have to you have to start to question whether or not – well, we've been questioning it all the time. But you have to start really questioning whether that, that was a good move. In fact, uh, Larry Ellison on the conference call even called – the Oracle's cloud hardware business, somewhat of a commodity, which is a little bit of a red herring. I mean, <laughs> we know that Amazon is big in the space. There's a lot of other competitors, and so if they're seeing, you know, comp- if they're trying to compete with Amazon, which of course they are, uh, we know the game they're playing, which is a, a game with lower and lower prices in that business. So you can expect a lot from the hardware side. If Oracle can kind of continue to invest in its cloud application business, which d- which does seem to be growing, and, and move away from traditional software, there might be some, uh, you know, some top line growth here in the, in the- Future, but I just it's it's hard to get excited about Oracle. It's hard to get excited. I mean, even though Microsoft has had a wonderful year, it's hard to get excited about Microsoft. It's hard to get excited about IBM. These companies are just so large, and they they already they already dominate the areas they're in. It's it's hard for them to actually get it, to show a lot of growth. So if you're paying even a market multiple for these companies, you're probably paying too much. Interesting.
0: All right. So what, what what's the solution then? If you're a big company like Microsoft, you're a big company like IBM. Where do you go from here? Do you rely like Oracle seemingly is on the newfangled cloud software, or where's the growth? Where do you, you know,
1: know that's that's a great question. I think what these companies are certainly going to be buyers of some of the smaller, more nimble, faster growers. I would you know Salesforce is obviously one that's in there, but very well known. Hmm. Another company is Ultimate Software. They're kind of in the human capital uh, software cloud space. Which is what Oracle is also in, and so there 's one company that you could look at it 's a much smaller company growing twenty to twenty five percent year over year on their revenue, so again, you probably want to look for the smaller and more nimble players that got, that companies like Oracle or IBM Microsoft are going to be buying, hmm. um, and you just I just don 't think you 're going to get a lot out of investing directly in a company like Oracle
0: gotcha. Uh, In other news, FedEx reported third quarter earnings earlier this morning, and things didn't go quite as planned. Uh, Bill, earlier Matt said lots of retailers out there reported lower numbers due to inclement weather, but FedEx really felt the pain from a bad winter this quarter.
2: Yes, uh, and and boy, the weather is going to keep coming up, and Hmm. it it has played a role. And despite uh, the weather impact, it still had higher revenues uh, than a year ago, a right. quarter. So uh, the economy is growing. Uh, FedEx tracks the economy reasonably uh, closely and, uh, you know, to a degree the new economy, more of the, the online sales. Uh, so it, it does better uh, than just uh, the GDP in terms of growth over time. Mm. Uh, but I think that you know it, it it's a story that you're going to hear a lot it's not a surprise uh take the total growth even with the weather is positive as as an indication that the economy itself will also have grown you know a little bit for the quarter hmm. uh, and that you know a year from now uh, there'll be big expectations for the first quarter for FedEx for everybody else an expectation that there will be no weather uh, Twelve months from now, uh, probably won't be the case. You know, really, we we were building off uh, a very easy uh, weather quarter last year, and mm. uh, you know, it it's going to come and come and go in in that uh, regard. But uh, it wasn't it wasn't a bad quarter, all things considered, for FedEx.
1: Interesting number out of uh, fact set yesterday, in a blog that I follow. Uh, hundred there were out of the S and P five hundred, a hundred and ninety five companies. Uh, which I believe, yes, yeah, up 81% year-over-year, year, mentioned weather at least once in their year-end conference call. Um, so you can see, and, you know, if you look at, uh, I'm looking at a chart here, and it's just um, energy, consumer discretionary, industrials, utilities. I mean, really, it was across the board um, in terms of companies talking about the weather. And, of course, you know, FedEx, I mean, there, there's, there are a few companies probably more affected by weather, especially when you're talking about holiday shipments and, and things like that around this time of year. So... Uh, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, it, weather's not going to go away. It's always going to be a, a nice excuse that a lot of companies are going to use. But it, it does make me think that, you know, maybe if we if weather gets turns over, you know, if the weather gets better and and maybe there's a lot of pent up demand in certain parts of the market or certain industries that we could see a lot of you know increased order follow through now going forward. And and then maybe that bodes well for next quarter's earnings. We'll have to see.
0: Hmm. Speaking of demand, uh, I'm on Amazon Prime because I get free two day shipping. Uh, lots of companies out there are experimenting with next-day shipping. Some are even, in certain cities, going with same-day shipping. Where does that leave FedEx and UPS, for that matter? Are they well-positioned to handle that, or are they just kind of, pardon the pun, getting left out in the cold?
2: Uh, you know, I think they they are not going to get left out in the cold. Uh, <laughs> they're going to have to participate, uh, you know, to the degree that they can. That's not... Uh, necessarily their expertise today. Right. but if that becomes something that uh, people expect from their online uh, goods, then you know either they'll uh, find a way to make it work on their end or, or they'll you know go away. Hmm.
0: All right, something to watch for. Uh, Solar city reported fourth quarter and full year earnings yesterday. Maddie, my highlight from the report was the 99% year over year increase in revenue for the fourth quarter.
1: What were your highlights? That 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 pretty much hit it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that was certainly the brightest number uh, from the call. I mean, essentially, what you're watching for here is you know the the mega, megawatts deployed, hmm. customer count, things like that. I mean, those are it's growing like gangbusters. Solar City is an incredible value proposition, as we know. As a as a homeowner, you can essentially get these solar panels installed in your roof for really low cost, and your payment you're essentially paying Solar City over many many years twenty year lease uh, twenty year lease. And you're saving. By the way, you're saving probably eighty uh, percent on your electric bill in most places. So it's a really incredible value proposition. The company's growing, growing by leaps and bounds. It's going to have its ups and downs. Um, it's an interesting business from a you know from a. From a financial accounting standpoint as to how they account for the revenue and how they account for these long very, very long term leases. Uh, but again, focus on those numbers, focus on you know their customer count the the megawatts deployed is what they talk about all the time. those it's growing like gangbusters. So as long as those continue, you can bet that SolarCity city is finding its way in more and more homes. more customers are using it and liking it. Um, in fact, i'm everything I read about it seems like the customer service is outstanding. We have a lot of members on our rule breakers. Uh, discussion boards um, that are actually getting are using Solar City mm. and getting the solar panels installed on their roof. It's inter- interesting to read their stories, but overwhelmingly it seems that they're having a positive experience. And so that that tells me that there's certainly something behind this company. Of course, we know Elon Musk, CEO and founder of Tesla, is also a majority owner here. His cousins are in charge of the company. It's hard to bet against a company that Elon Musk is involved in. And so I certainly wouldn't do that here. A lot of exciting stuff with Solar City. Would you guys install solar panels on your on your roofs?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm thinking about it. it just mm-hmm. really in terms of when I have to get uh, my roof redone. I bought a house a couple of years ago, and, and in buying it, was told, "Oh, you know, the roof is, you know, five to ten years away. You'll it's, you'll yeah. have to replace it then." So, uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to wait until I hit about the 15 year mark. Mm. Way past whenever it is that I'm supposed to re- replace it. <laughs> of course, it feels like that late adopter to the- <laughs> <laughs> and and that's the point at which I'll think about it.
1: It's yeah. funny. It's funny you ask that, Mark, because I actually was in the process of getting solar panels installed on my roof last year, really? from, from a different company, not Solar City. Gasp! Um, and I we decided not to do it for almost the same reason that Bill said is because our roof was also in the process of needing to get redone Mm. and I wasn't keen on the idea of solar panels getting bolted onto my roof when I might have to replace the roof in about a year Um, so we're not doing it but I'm glad we waited because Solar City wasn't really on my radar about a year and a half ago when we were thinking about doing it and now that I've waited, and my roof's almost done. Mm-hmm. We're going to be done soon. I, uh, I'm I'm looking at Solar City. So this is why you guys got to rent. All right. Last <laughs> but certainly not
0: least, gentlemen, we live in an incredible time. Cars drive themselves. We have computers in our pockets, and now <laughs> we have a stock market updates on our watches. That's right. Fidelity has unveiled the first ever investing app for smartwatches. The app, available on the Pebble smartwatch, is constantly monitoring the market as well as your watch list <laughs> of favorite stocks. Nicely gone. Thank you. The app can provide you with real-time trading alerts and goes handily with Fidelity's Market Monitor program for Google Glass, which I didn't know was actually a thing. That's pretty cool. <laughs> are we going to be buying some fi- Are we are we going to be signing up for Fidelity's watch app as soon as we're done recording? Are you guys just getting out of your chairs and getting out there? And, oh, where do I
1: where do I order now? exactly? I, first of all, this is kind of scary for me. I mean listen i so i'm i'm wearing like I'm wearing a Fitbit right now, mm-hmm. which uh for those who don't know it's it's a really cool little device that you know it monitors how many steps you take each day, how many stairs you climb, the distance you go, and, and it's it's a great way to track kind of your fitness and mm-hmm. you know set goals and things like that. Do I need a watch that alerts me when a stock I'm interested in is moving in a particular way or there's news? I mean, I get that on my phone, first of all. But also, it's just, again, another example of how we're getting too hyper-focused on short-term movements in the market. Hmm. Um, you know, I could see this being somewhat of a novelty maybe among day traders and things like that. If I'm afraid, I'm going to go walk down to my coffee shop and I might miss something. I got this handy little watch that tells me my stock's hit you know, the, its 50-day moving average. I need to go make a trade or, or something silly like that. Again, something I'm not going to be interested in. I think we we should do more to turn off the market, um, you know, than we are turning it on.
0: Hmm.
2: Bill, I, I think it's just good publicity for Fidelity. Uh, I mean, not good in the sense that it'll be widely praised, uh, but it it gets them in the news and you know, hopefully, uh, gets gets uh, you know their account holders to make some trades. I mean, that's constantly the the business for one part of the business, the non mutual fund side, uh, is just. Getting trades going on in the accounts, and that's where they make their money. And if people are thinking about stocks uh, and are unable to get away from alerts about stocks, mm-hmm. then they incrementally will trade more. So that's you know what it's designed to do. Not so much to provide a service that is desperately needed, mm-hmm. uh, as to you know increase revenues for, for through trading.
0: Buy, sell, or hold the future of the smartwatch. It's a cool technology, but like you guys said, I, I, I could just pull out my phone and check the time if I needed to. If I needed to ch- check a text or receive a call, it's right there. Is it worth the buy just for the novelty factor? What are you guys thinking? I, yeah, I I'm know.
2: a bad person to ask because I've never worn a watch. And oh, I do Really? Like them. They so so I, I don't think that I can be convinced to, <laughs> mm-hmm. to, to get a smart one. You know, the the phone does. You don't even you know say, a dumb
1: one. So. I,
2: <laughs> I, I, actually, the thing is, if you never have a watch, mm-hmm. it is remarkable just how accurately you can tell time right. without one. The sun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You know, just guessing the time. I was <laughs> right. usually within five minutes. You know? Right. Oh,
1: I'm feeling sleepy. It must be 3 o'clock. <laughs> hmm. I, you know, yeah, I don't know, Mark. I, I There's certainly a, an avenue for wearable technology, as we know. And, you know, there's so much I do on my phone. And it is a device I kind of have to carry or pull out. And if, it, if I had an easy way to see things that are important to me on a watch that's easy to look at, kind of easy to get to, um, and I can I can you know go running with it very easily, or I can do I can do active things with it without it kind of getting in the way or having me to stop to do something. I think there's value there, but I just think the technology where it is today. I mean, what I'm looking for is I want essentially all my smartphone's capabilities and a watch, which by, I think was still way early in the game for to have something like that. So I'm happy with my little watch or my Fitbit and doing simple things for me and connecting you know wirelessly with my phone. Uh, until it has a lot more capabilities, I'm I'm not going to be interested. Active people and their
0: Fitbits. Ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Maddie Argersinger, Bill Barker. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks. Thanks. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by the ill-tempered Anne Henry. I'm Mark Reef. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.